0: good evening everyone and welcome to tonight's special broadcast of hey sister we are coming to you tonight whoa feedback can you get that (laughs) we're coming to you tonight with um this special episode in light of today's testimony by united states special counsel mr robert swan muller III. so Hey sister, how you doing? Hi sister.
1: This is always so intriguing when we go live and we just jump right into the hot topics of the day. So let's-
0: well, well, you know what? Let's, let's let 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 me just say this for one for one second. Okay, so hold on. Let me let me just state this for the record. So okay. hot topics So, we can't even get into Nicole Murphy and her Antoine (laughs) Fuqua and they shady boots, okay? Hot topic. Do we have time for that hot topic? No, because we're trying to save democracy over here, okay? But they out here in the streets in Italy, whatever, okay? Then we have Miss. About
1: condolences to Miss Layla Rashad.
0: I don't know if it's condolences or come up one way or the other, sister. Handle your business. Okay. Let's just say that. How about that? How about All that? Right. Um, and then this, now, did you see this? Miss Sarah, uh, I think, let me see. So I get the name right. Miss Sarah Morantz linderberg Who that is? Who that is? Yeah, Girl, <laughs> she playing. She invented a satin cap for you to sleep in. A satin bonnet on your head because it was an unmet need and she filled the gap. I said, now, I know. (laughs) I know there
1: are a plethora of satin bonnets in the Walmart with a woman and in the salads with a woman on there, a sister on there, smiling like I'm doing with my hair in this thing right here.
0: You can go to any unit (laughs) supply store in any hood across these U.S. of A's and you will find a sonic cap, a satin bonnet (laughs) or a satin cap of some sort to put on your head, to protect your head, protect your face, protect your makeup. And for that woman and it's fashion magazine who did this long article on her journey and her epiphany because she was pregnant with her twins and on bed rest and she needed to protect her hair and protect her skin. I was like, listen, you're going to go sit down somewhere because that, listen, I'm sorry. Let me guess.
1: Was she of the Caucasian
0: persuasion? Well, the caucasity of it all says it all because <laughs> she invented it. And she said she did extensive market research. So we know where that research was. Because yeah. we could have went on MLK Boulevard and any, any community <laughs> across these United States and found a satin bonnet to put on your head. I mean, doesn't, didn't Tammy Roman have a whole um, Bonnet chronicle series that she does with satin bonnet on her she head? She does. She Girl. does. Stop it. Stop it. So, you know, it's it's been that kind of week and it's only Wednesday. Yes, it's only, it's Wednesday. only Wednesday. It <laughs> is only Wednesday. So I just want to show some of the pre comments to, you know, we posted that we were going live. We had a few pre comments. One from our friend Denise Toops out in Tibetan. She said, I watched it and I'm drinking as we speak. <laughs> so she was watching the testimony and she was drinking. And we got another one from Chantel, our friend over in Chicago. Shout out to the shy saying, this will be good. So we hope that we can deliver for you tonight but the first thing that i want to say to the people you know as i watch the testimony and if those of you follow me on facebook um and i know my sister received these as well i was posting the text right as y'all can see i got my little yellow flags in here on the text so that's how I chose to watch. I chose to watch with, with the text in hand. So whenever they were referring to the document, I could go to the document and read the words in black and white for myself. I don't have to go by the inference the suggestion, the opinion, conjecture of anyone else. I can read the words for myself in black and white and follow along. Much like you're supposed to do when you go to church, They, buy, the pastor, say, take out the Bible so you can read the text and the word for yourself. Well, I have the man's words, as well as the appendices, appendices, Append- <laughs> yes. appendices, as well as some of the indictments. That are uh, that go along with the number of indictments that were were charged um, against U.S. and citizens of the United States and Russia as well. So there's a lot in the text. So if you haven't gotten a copy for yourself, hopefully tonight and as well as what you saw today will give you. Um, I guess a little bit of encouragement and a boost to actually go out, get the text and start digesting some of it for yourself. So that's my um, that's my two cents on that situation.
1: And yeah, uh, if you don't mind me just adding just I want to add a little color for the people.
0: Add a little color for girl.
1: This morning I was trying to work out because I'm on the verge of. Well, clearly, I am already in the obesity range. So I'm trying to work out. And I get text messages from my sister, like, are you watching the Mueller testimony or what have you, the hearing? And I'm like, no, I'm trying to work out. But this sister was like, I got to refer to the text. like She was for real, for real in church, like flipping through the pages. When I did get home and start watching, Um, For as much as I could watch, she was quite unable to chit chat with me at the same time because she needed to follow along in the text. So praise God from whom all blessings flow. Demetria had her texts with her. Um, I usually at the church house just go to the Bible on my phone. But since we can't go to the Mueller report on
0: our phones, uh, (laughs) I couldn't follow along other than what they were telling. me. I understand. I understand. Well, you know, you can pick up a copy at anywhere where books are sold. I'll just say that they're all over the place. So you can get a copy when, when you have some downtime, I know you're going to be traveling this week. So you had a little, a little, um, plane jaunt. You can actually flip through. you probably be able to pick it up in the airport even. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, let's talk about this because as I have watched, you know, so luckily I had um, only one client today. So I was able to do that client call. So y'all, I did do some work as well. And I also was able to help out one of uh, my mastermind members to get some things done because she was stuck in a little trap. So guess what? I still got some work to do, date, done today as well as tuned into this testimony. But as we watch a lot of the commentary from... Um, the pundits on whatever news station that you watch. There's a lot of commentary about style versus substance. Oh, it wasn't that compelling. Oh, he, he wasn't hard hitting. Oh, he stayed within the confines of the report and, and whatever. What are your thoughts on this whole debate over style versus substance?
1: Well, I do think he stayed within the confines of the report because he had already stated a few months ago when he initially said he did not choose, want to testify in front of Congress that people should refer to the report. Um, so I don't think that that's a surprise. I think if anything, um, there was a point that I definitely feel that Mr. Mueller felt like he seemed weathered. It, it, it seemed like he just was beyond tired of this, this whole situation. And, um, you know, I think I, I was listening to the radio as I was driving home. And one of the things that was stated that stood out for me is that, you know, there were too many people trying to put basically put Mueller On trial as opposed to the actions of the individual stated in the report so for me I don't know that style versus substance I mean it obviously is substantive or else there wouldn't be that volume one and two Mm -hmm. I mean so there's obviously substance there the real question is do we want to do we want to believe our eyes our lying eyes or we want to just believe what Folks who don't want to read the word for themselves, tell us. Mm. I mean, beyond style, I mean, who cares? Robert Mueller has never struck me as charismatic. He's never struck me as being verbose. So he wrote it all down. He's figured if you wanted to know the truth, you would read it. Right. And he expected Congress to do their job after reading his words. He, he basically was like, listen, I have I have um, packaged this up, put a bow on it, and I've handed it over to you. It is up to you to open this gift and do something with it. And if people don't want to do anything with it, then let's just be honest about that.
0: Yeah, so this whole, um, you know, anytime they have these hearings, and so now we've been on this earth long enough to have seen um, Benghazi hearings and all those years along with that, the Monica Lewinsky hearings and all that went along with that. So we've seen a lot of these these hearings, and we know most of the time it is people who are trying to um, to put themselves in a news cycle versus deal with the matters at hand, right? And so um, that's one of the things that really bothers me ab- about th- this—the whole political theater in and of itself, right? But one of the challenges is—is is that you know we are in a social media, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter culture where you know it's all about it's all about style points. And so, but when you have a document with this much breadth, you know, you and depth is it you. It's not going to be cute. And so when people are like, oh, well, he didn't look sharp and whatever. I was like, who is going to remember over 400 words? And if you see the the number of appendices and citations, we, we have eight criminal convictions out of this and other indictments as well. And there are other ongoing investigations that are redacted that it not even that he repeatedly said he didn't want to talk about no one is humanly possible is going to be able to remember all of that and have that on the tip of their finger, you know, on their finger in their recall. And he was really trying to stay within the confines of it and not um, and not, uh, you know, showboat in any way, shape or form. So at the end of the day, it does come down to. Congress, do your job. Right. right and if part of your job is oversight and if part of your job is investigate then do do the investigations and what really irks me and it really doesn't matter who's in office what really irks me is that whoever is the non party in power it is all about weaving a tale mm-hmm. about the party that is in power or against whoever is testifying versus sticking with substance and sticking with facts and sticking with truth. And so I, I want to call out too that Louis Gomer from Texas. So all my Texas people, listen, I don't know where his district is, Pittsburgh, Texas, where he's from, wherever that is. Y'all need to get that joker out of there. Just on the strength that he's a birther, and he still believes that Barack Obama is from Ken is is a Kenyan and not an American citizen. How about that? So to me, you're not even qualified to ask nobody any questions or be up on anything uh, uh, cross examining any type of witness because you disqualified yourself right there. Right. And then they got this other one, this Matt Gates Gates, whatever his name is, from Hollywood, from Florida. Florida. Yeah with your ethics investigation on you for having a relationship with an intern, why don't you go sit down somewhere and handle that? Cuz <laughs> wow. your credibility is gone. You you you've lost all credibility. And so this whole they want to be outraged and they want to try to twist and 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 claim that th- there this was a less than above board process. Go sit down somewhere with that mess. I, I can't stand that. It really is irks me gets under my skin.
1: I think that so when you said uh, asked the question about style versus substance in in relation to Mueller, like I said, you know, this is not somebody I expected to come out very flashy or what have you. But two points, um, the uh, two things I want to say based on what you just said. The first thing is, you know, thinking about style. Well, you know. Clarence Thomas gave us the modern day lynching sort of style point if you will. And at that particular moment when he essentially pulled the race card, the one the same race card that so many conservatives seemingly hate. When he pulled the race card, that entire hearing shifted because nobody wanted to touch it. Nobody wanted to be responsible or be accused of lynching the black man on television Mm -hmm. and so i think when uh, to your point when it comes to style versus substance and things of that we just need to talk about the facts and all of the other showboating needs needs to be put in its proper place the gentleman is it gates or greats i can't remember
0: it's it's spelled g-a-e-t-z i don't know why i don't know why
1: it's whatever his name is from Hollywood, Florida. Again, Charlemagne on The Breakfast Club always says the craziest people in the world come from all of Brooklyn and Florida. And (laughs) nobody detected. Not my quote, Charlemagne. But what bothered me so much, and and hopefully we'll we'll delve into this a bit. First of all, when I saw him, I was like, some of these people have watched way too many episodes of Law and Order. It just felt like, we were, we doing so much acting.
0: It, yeah, you it was not, just, you're not Detective Stabler. Like, Detective <laughs> Stabler, stay working on all the shows, okay? Yes. I was that is like, not you. This, I was like, this guy, What like, are we
1: auditioning? What are you doing? So it felt very law and order-ish to me. Criminal, special victims unit, or anyone that you want. Then the other problem that I had was, you know, Listen, in everything that I've seen, Robert Mueller comes across nonpartisan to me. Today's testimony just furthered my belief in that he was not trying to say anything damning about anyone outside of what was already factually stated in his report. Mm -hmm. That being said, I'm just so shocked. You know, we we live in this country where we pretend that we're so patriotic. And we live in this country where we pretend we really care about honesty and truth. And we live in this country where we pretend that we care so much about our veterans. And so I'm sitting here watching this former Marine who went to Vietnam, who has been a prosecutor for many years, who has served under multiple republican presidents and all of a sudden his credit credibility is shot with the republicans i i i it's like so
0: you believe they believed him when he worked under george w bush, bush right but then when he worked under President uh, Obama, then we didn't believe him as much. And now when he was brought in as special counsel to investigate the current president. Then we don't believe him again. Come right. on with that he, foolishness.
1: Stop. He has absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's it's baffling to me that now this man who is now very we don't trust
0: you because of Bounty Gate, but that's a whole nother situation. With the <laughs> Saints. Now that's another situation, Robert Mueller, that the NFL brought you in on. See, we right. got you, Robert Mueller. We've been watching you for some time, my brother.
1: Right. Right. Yes. No, that was that was definitely he got that wrong. But
0: anyway, <laughs> but no, I just I just I'm just,
1: just like amazed at how it was just the level of um, it was very insulting. It was just the, the level of just nastiness towards him. And I'm like, OK, so you mean to tell me that you all believe beyond a shadow of a doubt? With the guy who literally you have pages and pages like you have people keeping a tab of how many lies he tells on a daily basis. You know, you you believe him. But you don't believe this decorated veteran who has served under multiple presidents and who clearly stated that it was important for him to make sure that he had a nonpartisan investigation. And that he had people employed on with whatever their affiliation was, because he noted. I never, I don't ask that question. And then again, you have a letter that was signed by how many former prosecutors? Over a thousand. Over a thousand, who are both Republicans and Democrats, but. Everybody else wrong, but Trump and these little raggy folks in Congress—they they just know every. They just right. I, I just—it was just that was insulting to me. It really did insult my intelligence that they were taught. They were treating this older statesman in the way they did.
0: Mm-hmm. And well, one of the comments we got here said he looked afraid to me. And so I guess my question to you, Denise, and you can follow up in the comments: Did he look afraid, or did he look 74? or did he look what? 74, because he's 74 years old. Oh, I thought he, I thought, who, who told me
1: he was 85? <laughs> Stop the lies. he is not said he was 85. I, I know who somebody he's is, but I'm not going to call <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he definitely, I'll put it like this. As I said before, President Obama had all black hair before he started with y'all. By the time he finished messing with y'all, he looked weathered and tired too, but at least he didn't bounce back a little bit. Bill Clinton face never bounced back after y'all took him through all that stress. And I just think Bob there too. He like, you know what? Ask me one more thing.
0: <laughs> ask I me would. I, I wish, wish would. you I That's would. All it was. Bob you said would he's tired. I right? wish you would ask me one more one thing. More thing.
1: Ask so, me one more time if I exonerated them. And that was the other thing.
0: <laughs> Somebody said they gotta pull out their essential oils tonight. Yes, honey. Roll them down. You're gonna need all of it. Lavender, <laughs> everything.
1: And, and you know, and the other thing what just, just struck me, I just I'm like, do we wanna know the truth or do we not? Because everybody, so. Um, I was trying to get the full quote from Paul Rosenzweig, who's a former federal uh, prosecutor who worked on the Kinstar investigation of former President Bill Clinton. He was asked, basically, he was on um, All Things Considered, and he was asked um, if a person supports, um, as someone who supports impeachment, impeachment, do you think today's mother's hearing might have, might have persuaded anyone who might have been on the fence or opposed to um, Trump and he basically said, you know, everybody was confirmed. Today's hearing just confirmed wherever you were. If you thought that Trump was, uh, as he said, pure as the driven snow, you think he's Snow White. And if you thought that Trump had did some did wrong, you you're you're more affirmed in that today. And so, I think there are just some things that are very like. I, I'm not sure why we can't all agree that Russia interfered.
0: Well, let's, that, go, well let's start talking. Let's go ahead and start breaking down the, the um, let's start breaking down then the report and then the, the two set, sets of testimony. So um, we're going to start with the second half of the day, which was really focused on volume one and that's the election interference piece. And it basically stated that, um, yes, um, Russia interfered with our elections. WikiLeaks was culpable. Um, and that the members of the um, campaign were, let's say, complicit, since that's the other thing. We're we going to find another C word, since we don't want to say um, collusion. We're just going to say um, uh, unwitting fools or whatever. But nonetheless, like they said, you, um to be ignorant of the law don't mean you, you can't you can't still break the law, right? Ignorance of the law, however the statement goes. I, I ain't got time. <laughs> okay, never no, But ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna read some of these texts from for you, right?
1: That's a lot of redaction right there.
0: Oh, the redaction, look at all this redaction. Look at all that redaction. <laughs> and let me tell you, but what the reason that part is redacted, because it says harm to ongoing matter which states that there are ongoing investigations into the tactics, the techniques, and what was deployed to interfere with the election. And one of the main areas in interference was around social media accounts. That's why I tell people all the time, check your, check your sources and beware before you share okay because and stop taking all them on tests on social media but go ahead right (laughs) and stop getting the face app right oh so the internet research agency ira is the acronym so this was one of the interesting pieces here um and some of it is is redacted but i'm just going to go to this part main idea use any opportunity to criticize hillary clinton and the rest except sanders and trump we support them the focus on the u.s presidential campaign continued throughout 2016 and so it goes on to talk about these other parts of where they were on twitter where they were on facebook where they set up these fake social media accounts so here Initially the IRA created social media accounts that pretended to be personal accounts of US persons. And they had, um, in certain cases, the IRA created accounts that mimic real US organizations. For example, one IRA controlled Twitter account at 10 underscore GOP purported to be connected to the Tennessee Republican party. So what it says is that these they, they pretended to be um, immigration, anti-immigration groups, Tea Party activists, Black Lives Matter protesters. So basically, it was a complete campaign in social media to help divide, to drive and divide people. They even created campaign material. So this is a camp, a poster. Let me get it in there. A poster that was used in in the Pennsylvania state of Pennsylvania. Um, that was created by this group. So all of this, all of this, there, this 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 volume, this first volume of the report. So let me just give y'all the number of pages on volume one. Since we got volume one and two, volume one by itself is 199 pages. So that's almost 200 pages just alone talking about how they infiltrated and interfered with the election. Now, let me go jump, jump a little more, and then I'm going to have you comment on the rest. And this is on page 162 of the report. So how many, y'all know Jared Kushner, right? Who is Jared Kushner? Y'all know, you know, and Jared Trump's
1: Trump. son-in-law, whose father was also in the federalist.
0: So Charles Kushner was convicted of illegal campaign contributions, tax evasion, and witness tampering by Chris Christie when he was prosecutor. So catch that, okay? But let's go over here when it talks about because remember Jared had to redo his testimony a couple times because first he couldn't get security clearance So because he, he kept lying on the forms he was filling out. Right. So, you know, don't forget all of the, the stuff. You know, there's a lot of stuff here. Well, it's hard not to forget. Lord, you just talked
1: about uh, Robert Mueller being able to remember all that. It's hard not to
0: forget because it's such fooling foolery top of my other favorite f word but but let's see about this here so this is talking about one of the so the the title of this section hold on let me break it down to you okay so this is about jared kushner's meeting with sergey gorkov and it just says how it was hard to determine the account from gorkov differ as to whether the meeting was diplomatic or business in nature so it goes on to talk about how one time he met with him even though kushner said it was diplomatic but it he kushner told a little bit about his bank um, oh wait, according to Kushner, although Gorkov told Kushner a little bit about his bank and made some statement about the Russian economy, the two did not discuss Kushner's companies or private business dealings of any kind. At the time of the meeting, Kushner companies had a debt obligation coming due on the building it owned at 666 Fifth Avenue. We know he owed oh, almost a billion dollars on that project and couldn't get no funding over here in the United States. So I'm just, I'm just, so that's, that's, that's still in volume one, something they, something they write in the milk. Well, you know,
1: sister, I think I, I just, the litmus test for me is simple. Okay. Number one, if these very same, no, no, if these very same accusations have been levied against President Barack Obama, would these same Republicans, would they ha- would they take the same stance? Yes or no? You know, that, that's litmus test number one. The second litmus test for me is, had this exact same interference occurred and instead of Donald J. Trump ascending to the White House, Hillary Clinton, had ascended to the White House? Would these same people stand on their same principles and feel the exact same way as they do now? And if the answer to either one of those questions is no, they would feel something different had it been Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton, then that should be enough to make us all enraged that we go to the polls, for those of us who do exercise our right to vote, that we go to the polls and our votes not counted. We should all be enraged about that. If we, for those of us who are descendants of of slaves and we know what our ancestors had to go through to even win this right to vote, to have someone take that away from you or interfere with your with your election, that should make you angry. If you're a woman and you know what women had to fight through for suffrage, the idea of election interference should enrage you. And so when it doesn't, when people are making excuses, when they're sitting up here acting like they don't know, we know that the, the the story, the super predator story, like that came for most of us. We didn't know about that. That seemingly came out of nowhere. That was one of the things that was pushed and promoted by the Russian bots or who whoever these people were behind it. So we should just all be enraged if we really care about this country and we really care about it's, it's, this republic and its democratic principles. We all should be enraged. And the fact that people are trying to make excuses, it just, I'm baffled. I don't understand.
0: It. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't understand it either. There is no real, there is no excuse. And so the point we talked about earlier, patriot or partisan, right? So are you a patriot or are you a partisan? Because if you're truly a patriot, the whole volume one should concern you. The whole mm-hmm. volume one suggests that there are people who are within our government right now who can easily be blackmailed, okay? The whole section of volume one, and he said very plainly today, is that not only did they interfere then, they're interfering now while we sit here and talk. Right. And they're not the only ones who are interfering. And that should give us all pause. So what do we do about it? And that's what someone said. One of the questions we have here is, I'm trying to wait and see, as I did not watch the hearing, but as a brand whisper strategist, you know me, what's the end result of the testimony? What's supposed to happen now? Is this gonna change anything? So basically what I heard Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the Democratic leadership say today is basically no, because they're still waiting. I don't know what there is to wait on. But I do know this, that if you do care, you need to call your congressman and and, and say that, you know what, impeachment hearings may be the next step. Or let's even take impeachment off the table. Because like we said, we know the Senate is not going to prosecute, right? So even take that off the table. What are you doing to secure our elections? We know in the state of Florida that there was a county that was hacked. So luckily, in most jurisdictions in Florida, they still have um, paper ballots, and no—at least here in Orange County, we still use paper ballots. So we have a paper ballot backup count as well. But what are you doing to secure the elections? If you're only—if you're somewhere and all they're doing is—it's is, it, all automated, it's all computerized, where it easily can be attacked, and if there is no paper backup, easily can be attacked. As far as the social media is concerned, check your sources before you start sharing stuff. Beware before you share. As a matter of fact, read. And if you cannot validate from at least three credible news sources, it ain't even worth sharing. It ain't even worth looking at because it's a bunch of junk and i still see people today posting stuff i'm like damn that's two years old that's four years old it's five years old like stop sharing this old crap as if it's new because all it does is muddy the water we got another comment here it says girl you already know the answer to that no way those old white men would have (laughs) Had the same feelings if this was happening to Obama or Hillary. Well, you know, they nearly lost their mind on Benghazi. They kept her there for she had to testify for like 16 hours, however many hours she sat there and testified, which was absolutely absurd. But see, Uh, and then
1: but this is the thing. So if we can say definitively, and I believe that person was white, not black. So if the young lady who can who said that. Um, can say that definitively, then that's that goes back to my point. Why we should all be outraged about that because this is not. It's listen. I don't care about an R. I don't care about a D. At the end of the day, if we are all Americans and we are supposed to be the land of the free, the home of the buried, we're supposed to be you know so proud of the fact that we can vote in any elections that we. Have all these rights and freedoms that other countries don't um, don't have? If we are always lauding our military for fighting in wars that uh, ensure our freedoms, then we should all be outraged. And so, to your point about what can be done or what should be done, I'll tell you. In my opinion, is two things. Number one. Um, I was just reading because you mentioned about Florida. I was just reading this article because I knew Arizona had been a target. Arizona's voter registration system was targeted in at least two 2016 hacking attempts connected to Russia. So what has the state done to protect, protect the state's election system since then? And it goes on. The <laughs> Not only that, about the fact that they were targeted... There was just recent uh, recently another news story that said that um, Arizona is like the system is still using like Windows 7. OK, we like on Windows 10 or something. So if you're and so when you have these old, outdated operating systems, that's why they're success- susceptible to hacking. It's just like with your phone. Yeah. Some people don't believe in doing the updates. I understand they can be a little annoying, but the reason that they do all those updates is so that it can protect you with new software and safety mechanisms and security mechanisms put in place. So if you're using Windows 7, you're fundamentally allowing yourself to be, you're opening the doors for that. So number one, what can we do? We need to be very diligent about demanding that our elections are secure and that procedures are are, are put in place to prevent this hacking. Number two, I do not believe that Donald Trump is going to be impeached, but I do know what also seemingly came out of today's um, testimony is that it is clear that there is enough evidence there that If he were not, let let me just read. I don't even want to. Um, so right
0: here, it talks about. So you, we, you switching over to volume two. So volume two is about the attempts to obstruct justice because. So we have volume one, which is on whether or not there was interference in the, the election and whether or not there was um a criminal conspiracy. Like we said, we we knew there wasn't criminal conspiracy because we know none of them are smart enough to be able to do that part. Okay, but <laughs> unwitting fools, absolutely. So we got that part. Um,
1: Well, I I, I was going to say that Nadler's, um, Judiciary Chairman Nadler's opening statement in it, he makes the comment that although department policy barred you, Mueller, from indicting the president for this conduct, you made clear that he is not exonerated. Any other person who acted this way would have been charged with a crime. And in this nation, not even the president is above the law. But here's the tricky part. It seems that the president is actually above the law. Because there is this whole clause about who can and cannot be indicted for certain crimes.
0: So uh, Let me read this to you right here. Okay. First, and this is volume one, page one of uh, volume two. This is page one of volume two. So he already told us he wasn't going to prosecute on page one of volume two. First. A traditional prosecution or declination decision entails a binary determination to initiate or decline a prosecution, but we determine not to make a traditional prosecutorial judgment. The Office of Legal Counsel, OLC, has issued an opinion finding that the indictment or criminal prosecution of a sitting president would impermissibly undermine the capacity of the executive branch to perform its constitutionally assigned functions in violation with the constitutional separation of powers. So right there, we knew up front that he was not going to indict or bring a prosecution because he said it right here. Right. And so then I wanted to allude to that statement by the former, the... Oh, sister, we lost you. Oh man. Okay. So look, sister, I don't know what happened. You're gonna have to reboot your um your Wi-Fi. So I'm gonna keep on talking. Give me more time to talk. Let's see what y'all saying down here in these comments as we kind of get off into um into uh volume two of this report. So we did have a comment over here on the watch party saying, isn't New York investigating? So yes, the state of New York is still investigating um for um the tax issues so we'll see what comes out of the southern district of new york and their um their issues around tax evasion and what have you um so there is another part of this report here in um oh lord this 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 whole volume two goes on and on about the attempts over and over to obstruct justice. So um I might have to I'm gonna have to text my sister and see what she's saying over here because she don't I don't know if she realized she's frozen. All right. Sister, you dropped off. All right. Boom Okay. So there is this entire all of this talks about these different um situations in which the attempts to obstruct justice. So the question was asked, were you impeded? Was your investigation impeded? Yes, it will have multiple attempts to impede the investigation. And so one of it talks about the um, we know about the famous Trump Tower meeting, but this this talks about, Um, on the flight home from the G20. So this is on into 2017. So this is after the election has already taken place. So after the election has already taken place, Jeff Sessions has recused himself. So he's no longer participating in this prosecution because he felt that it, it would be a conflict of interest. So he recused himself. And there's a conversation of a conversation about trying to get him to unrecuse himself as well as when, um, so the president told Hicks to say only that Trump Jr. took a brief meeting and it was about Russian adoption. After speaking with the president, Hicks texted Trump Jr. a revised statement on the June 9th meeting that read, it was a short meeting. I asked Jared and Paul to stop by. We discussed the program about adoption of Russian children that was active and popular with American families. So then it goes on. Hicks text concluded, are you OK with this attributed to you? So she's asked him, are you OK with me saying this? And so he wordsmithed it some more. And so it talks about this statement did not mention the offer of derogatory information about Clinton or any discussion of the Magnitsky, Mix, Magnitsky Act. Um, and they concluded, oh, there was nothing, um, there. So, oh, well, this meeting wasn't important, but it goes to show about the changing, the massaging, the adjusting of, um, of the, of testimony. So, oh, wow. All right. Let me see. Let me try to, okay. My sister's trying to get back in y'all. Hold on a second. She's having a technical difficulty. So let's see. So yeah, so that was, um. so that's that. And I think she, my sister's texting me as well, saying her point that she was getting to is if we vote Trump out of office, he may be prosecuted later. And we know that because it was stated repeatedly over and over again that he could possibly face prosecution at a later date and time. And uh, if he was not sitting in this office at this time, he could possibly face prosecution. So um, then it goes into all of the times where he tried to get uh, the White House counsel, Don McGahn, To fire the special counsel, how he um, had these meetings. Um, Here's one call Rod. There are conflicts. Muller has to go. The president asked McGahn whether he could do a correction, and McGahn said no. McGahn thought the president was testing his mettle to see how committed McGahn was to what happened. Kelly described the meeting as a little tense. So we have um, John Kelly. We have Don McGann. We have Sarah Sanders. We have Michael Flynn. We have Paul Manafort. We have Rick Gates. We have Papadopoulos. We have all of these people. And we also have, as you can see, a lot that it remains redacted because they're ongoing investigations. So the bottom line is At the end of the day, no matter how you look at it, we have a problem. (laughs) Houston, we have a problem. And so the question really is, what's next and what do we want to do about it? What do we want to do about it as a society and as a country and as a citizenry? What do we want to do about it? How do we want the people who we have elected to represent our needs in the House of Representatives and in the Senate? How do we want them to represent our interests? Because the truth is, it really doesn't matter what size you sit on. And if you watched our episode a few weeks back when we had Dawn Curtis on and we talked about politics, my sister and I are both registered as independents. So I really don't have no partisan skin in this game. But if you do believe in democracy, if you do believe in freedom, if you do believe in free and fair elections, if you do believe in any of that stuff, then you have reason to be concerned and you have reason to write your congressmen and ask them that question. What's next? What are you going to do? How are you going to hold this administration accountable, and how are you going to hold future administrations accountable? How are you going to hold yourself accountable to a higher standard? Because what's happening right now is the standards is slipping and sliding. Yesterday, the president was somewhere and he, he said, "Oh he has this, he has this thing called Article Two. I have the Article two, which means I can do whatever I want as president." Like. Is this a dictatorship or a democracy? Because that's not what Article 2 of the Constitution says. And he swore an oath. Our congressmen swore an oath. The senators, federal judges, all of these people swear an oath. The military, they swear an oath to defend, defend the Constitution of the United States against enemies, both foreign and domestic. And based on everything that I've read in the over 400 pages and the pieces that I flip through today, and there's more still to be learned because you can never pick up everything in one reading. All of you have read a book more than once from time to time and you pick up something new each time. If you go through this, and you can rest easy at night, that we do not have a problem within our democracy, then sleep on. But I think if anyone is reading, wherever you lie on the political spectrum, you got to say, we have a problem. Houston We have a problem and we need to do something about it, especially if we want the freedoms we have now, if we want democracy to last for generations to come. Because I'm feeling a little concerned. I'm feeling a little bit concerned about where we're going to be in the next five years i don't really think that we are we're set up or built i don't think our institutions are holding in a way that we are we will be built to to survive four year four more years of lies because we're being lied to constantly all day every day incessantly incessantly and yes the operative word there was domestic And so if you've listened or if you've watched the news and you saw the FBI director, the current FBI director testify recently, you know, the number one threat right now domestic terrorism is white nationalist organizations. And a lot of that, going back to volume one of this report was seeded. It was seeded in social media. These divisions. So they were smart enough to know that as a country, until having gotten over our first and greatest sin, and we still reeling from that, And and if you need to know what that is, that not only is it slavery, but it's also the annihilation of the uh, of the uh, native people who were here, of the indigenous people and in their tribes, and 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 raping and pillaging their land. So we haven't gotten over those sins at all. And so it was easy. It was easy for them to be infiltrated and divide and conquer us. Divide and conquer us. So, woo, sister, you got back on, girl. I was worried about girl, you. I let me tell you about this whole computer.
1: I had to do some finagling here. I literally had to turn my Wi-Fi off on my phone. This Wi-Fi signal is quite strong, and yet it is telling me when every time I try to get on Facebook, it's telling me I have no Wi-Fi. The people is after me. But let me tell you, the truth shall not be quiet, it won't be silenced, people. All I was gonna say in that last statement was basically, and I don't know if you read my text messages, because I, I was the text like, i to get this. The
0: people. I read the text out <laughs> loud to the people.
1: <laughs> that ultimately the second piece is we have to vote and we have to get this gentleman out of office and gentleman is, I'm being kind, have to get him out of office and perhaps that will be the opportunity for us to to see that he served some time or he is in some way for the things that if he did not know, and here's the other piece, let's be clear. I don't believe that anybody, if you want to kill somebody, you're not going to necessarily do it yourself. You might hire a hitman. So in the same way, no, I don't expect for his fingerprints to be all, like for him to have left the trail, albeit he's already let us know he can shoot somebody in Times Square and get away with it he obviously can get away with get away with being a racist and you know come back and say we all African-Americans or we all won after he talked about ASAP Rocky like he could say something racist and then we all won obviously he can get away with a lot of things but it's possible it's possible that he could be convicted later on so that's what I was trying to get to Okay. Because unfortunately, well, unfortunately, with the way things are set up, he just he's a sitting president and there are there are he enjoys some um, privileges that the rest of us do not and would not.
0: Yes. Well, I, he he definitely does, and so I, I was I was on my little rant there for a while, sister, and talking about what we need to do. So I don't you probably didn't hear any of that, and so I, I, um, yeah, there, none of it. There were some questions over on on my watch party here, and someone was saying that you know there are several questions Mueller chose not to answer, which seemed like the question would interfere with an ongoing or future investigation. Or was I reading too much into that? No, you're absolutely correct. There were several things he did not answer as I showed all throughout the report. There are redactions. There are redactions of people's names. So today when they were asking, well, what about this person and what about that person? He was like, I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to answer that because you can see that there are so many redactions that um, you know there's a lot that it says that we'd be harmed to an ongoing matter. But here's the deal. Do we even trust the Attorney General. Not William because Barr. Because this, no. <laughs> this Attorney General has 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 proven himself to not be, I mean, as, as bad as we knew Jeff Sessions was, at least he had the enough um, respect for the Constitution to recuse himself. Because this man does not. Right. William Barr does not. So, you know, so we got a couple comments. We have one that says, I'm feeling concerned also, Soror. Yes, I am feeling very concerned. Uh, Welcoming you back to the broadcast. Uh, Someone (laughs) says uh, NSA, um, look, redactions are blackouts. Uh, Yes, we got a lot going on up in here. A lot going on up in here. Uh, But, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but I do think at the end of the day, as we said, a couple of weeks ago, we had um, Dawn Curtis on. I think she was tuning in at some point. So if she's still out there, chiming in the comments. We talked about what we need to do, period. You know, 2020 is not the the next election. The next elections are 2019. There are going to be elections this fall. There are going to be elections on the local level. There are probably going to be some statewide elections for you. There may be even some congressional elections that may come up, depending on where you live. So it's really important to go ahead and get involved in the process. Um, It's important to be counted in this census because that census dictates how these congressional lines are drawn. So if you want yahoos, um, if you don't want yahoos to continue to represent you, you need to make sure that the congressional um, lines are drawn, that they're truly representative of the people and not representative of the party. Because that's critical. That's going to be an essential thing that needs to happen. And then, as we get closer to 2020, because we have no idea who the Democratic nominee is going to be, we not, we, not, we have no idea what's going to happen between now and between the beginning of uh, of 2020. And so, there's so many different things that can happen in terms of the election cycle. But at the very least, we all should be calling our congressmen and asking them, what are you planning to do to protect elections? What are you planning to do for election integrity? And I ain't talking about no dang on voter ID because that's a red herring. I'm talking about these voter machines. I'm talking about paper backups. I'm talking about the count because we still had a messed up count down there in West Palm Beach, Florida, okay?
1: And I would add that you should also make donations to your candidate because- Here's the thing. If you are if, if there are I believe there are people, good people who do run for office because they do want to see things done. They want to see things change. But unfortunately, if they don't have as much money as the incumbents or they don't have the quote unquote machine by, behind them, then they don't have the ability to buy television ads to get on the radio, to promote via social media, like legitimately do that. So even if you don't have much to donate, every every bit counts when you find a candidate that truly aligns to the things that are important for you and your family. And at the end of the day, I have to believe, or maybe in my old age, I'm trying to be more optimistic, but I, I wanna believe that we all, ultimately want the same things, right? We want our children to be protected. We want to have the right to vote and have free elections that are not tampered with. We want our family to be taken care of. We want to be able to make an honest living um, and be able to put money up for the future and not have, you know, be hit with a huge medical expense or something like that that destroys our savings, what have you. So we all ultimately, I feel like, want the same thing. So it's really about how do we help those candidates that are really about doing the right things and not, not these career politicians.
0: Not and not just not career politician because Donald Trump is not a career politician. Oh, that's true. Not just
1: corrupt individuals who are very that who lack integrity. And 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 look, you say what you will, but I think that Trump has proven himself to fail the test of integrity, and that goes way, way, way back. And you know, those videos that came out with him and Epstein, who he claims he doesn't like, but yet you were all at the parties with him. I just again. I was appalled because if somebody put it... Now, just imagine if Barack Obama had been hanging out with R. Kelly at a party and hitting a woman on her butt. It would have been over. And it's like, guys, how do we see these things? How do we hear grab them by the... How do we see a video? How do we see him hit a woman on her backside in these Epstein videos, how do you have somebody who's been accused now by, what, 20-something women of sexual assault? How
0: do you have someone who said, if Ivanka wasn't my daughter, I'd probably be dating her? Her. That was yeah. long before he even became a candidate. Okay. Well,
1: I mean, when she was a baby and he was talking when they asked, it may not have been her, which, no, no that was was been, I don't know.
0: That, that was, was Tiffany. Tiffany. when he was talking about, oh, she hopefully she has a chest like her mother. Yeah. Her mother. Yeah. Like, I mean, guys, it's like, come on. These are not even
1: this just the failure to meet the standard of integrity. Yeah. Why are you looking at your baby daughter talking about you hope she has a, a chest like her mother? You that's what you hope she inherits from her mother? Not intelligence, not you know, dignity, not a chest. So that's yeah. You're right. So not just career politicians, people who lack integrity,
0: lack integrity, corrupt intention and who are in it for a dollar because that's all about it is all about a dollar and he's all about himself. So if you don't have a spirit of service, then you really shouldn't be um, in any type of elected office. So with that, we're going to be signing off tonight. We want you guys to like, follow, share, share this episode with others, share um, our episode from Sunday um, with others and let people know about the conversations that we're having here on Hey Sister and join us next time in the next conversation, which will be coming to you on Sunday, August 4th, unless... We have another bombshell, which it could be likely. (laughs) If there's another bombshell, we will. We reserve the right to have a special episode. But definitely um, tune in on August 4th. So with that being said, we're signing off. You guys have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye.